you've experienced this, right? You've been on the side of the disengaged spouse because I've been that disengaged spouse. Right. And there was that time in our marriage where you wanted to seek counseling and I was saying no and, and didn't want to engage in those moments. So, like, how is that for you on, on that side of the equation, so to speak? Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And today we are going to be talking about disengaged spouses. We came across a blog uh, by Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott, and they were talking about disengaged spouses. And so we thought, you know what? That's a really great topic because we come across that a lot, where one spouse wants to work on the relationship and the other doesn't. And so in the blog, they did talk about some signs of a disengaged spouse and some things that you can do about it. And so we thought, well, let's let's maybe talk about this. Yeah, and for sure. And, and it's interesting that you talked about how we come across this quite often. And even after our last weekend getaway that we are at, I stayed a little bit and I ran into somebody who was at that event and they were explaining to me how they wanted to continue the conversations, continue to work on things, and that their spouse was just not at all engaged and wanted to didn't even want to continue those conversations and that's a like my heart just broke like like that's a really tough place to be and and so I, I think this is a pretty timely conversation I mean we are going through our weekend getaway season with family life right now and and so there'll be couples that are engaging in those moments and then we run into that where after that weekend they kind of want to go back to not engaging anymore and so we're going to unpack that a little bit here today which I'm, I'm really excited for because like I said I think it's such a timely conversation but before we get into that hey how are things let's let's <laughs> let's hi like <laughs> how are you yeah. how are things, things have been busy lately <laughs> they have been busy again like it uh which is good like yeah like I, I don't want people to think like we say we're busy that and we're complaining like we're supposed to be busy. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we're supposed to crawl in bed and be tired. That's right. Like, Means the... we've worked hard and done well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know what? I am grateful for laughter. Hmm. I love a good laugh. You do. I love laughing till I cry, laughing till my stomach hurts. I've probably said that before on the podcast, but man, that is such a <laughs> blessing. And for us personally, we've been going through a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, it, it's been really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But a good laugh, it just lifts the spirits. Yeah. It just makes a person feel better. Yeah. And was it last night that our son, he made this comment? Uh, you two were driving to go we're, shovel our your parents' yeah. driveway because yeah, it had snowed. And he said something and it just made you laugh yeah and it wasn't anything out of the or like out of the ordinary or like a joke that i could tell like you really had to be in the moment but yeah but there was just the way he said it the way he said it and there we have a a special olympics group chat that we have with the team and and connecting with the athletes and there were some things going on there and i didn't respond and so kieran was just like you're just gonna leave him hanging dad and like (laughs) the way he said it like i just bursted out laughing it was so funny and so did he like both of us were laughing while we were driving and ah, i just wish yeah i just wish everyone would have saw it because it meant <laughs> it, it was so funny and then our daughter who's at school to become a writer she had to one of her classes had to write a memoir or a memo yep. I, is a memoir memoir yeah <laughs> memoir and she wrote 
uh, well, she sent me the title. Well, she sent me the whole thing, but it was uh, the title is "My Dad is an Interesting Person," <laughs> which made me like, well, "This is interesting." Like, where is this gonna go? Yeah, that's right. Like, where is this gonna go? Where is she gonna take it? But, anyways, talked about uh, humor in our life and, 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 and in our family and in our family and and just what that does and brings and shared some stories and it made me laugh. It made me cry. It had it all going on. And then I read it to you and Sophia and you were laughing and Sophia's laughing. Sophia's crying. And anyways, laughter is just such a good, good thing. It is. Uh, for for our souls and, and I, I think just for our life and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah. One thing that also gets me laugh, and, and I don't know if this is laughter, but well, let me ask, do you have like rational fears? Do you have unrational fears uh, just in your own life? Like I, I have... I'll share one a little bit. I, I just recently have come across one in my life that uh, um, continues to show itself. I wouldn't say any of my fears are irrational, but okay. Um, okay. I don't like spiders. I, I if if you're not around and there's a spider in the house, I will take care of it. Right. But if you are around, I will definitely call you and send yeah, you to, that to is take true. care that of is, it. That is, I, but I feel like that's totally rational. Well, we should be afraid of spiders. Not the spiders we have in our house. Like They're not really that big. Or... Some are very creepy looking. <laughs> well, maybe. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? I'm not here to argue with you and your, your I mean, rational right. fear. Right, right. <laughs> but where this is coming from, uh, a few years back, I fell off our roof and, and hurt myself. Thankfully, not too, too bad. <laughs> But at this last week, I was able to get up on our roof again and put up our Christmas lights. And I'll tell you, every time now when I go to come down the <laughs> ladder from the roof, I'm just like, I really hope this ladder does not slip out from how I set it up or that I don't fall again because it really hurt. And <laughs> and, and and I used to never be, I would say, that careful. <laughs> Obviously why I fell off the ladder uh, with that. But, this is your sign. <laughs> yeah, this is your sign. But I'll, I'll just, I don't know, every time now, like that memory is so etched in the pain that, that really felt from falling and landing and then... <laughs> Anyways, crumbling into a pile. I of was crumbling, groaning pain. <laughs> I was, I was, but, but so that's a rational fear. I think like falling off the roof again from a past experience, and it has. I have slowed down, but even while I was setting up the Christmas lights, and I'm looking off the edge of the roof, and I'm thinking, you know, there's not enough snow on the ground <laughs> where that would like feel good to land. And I used to think, and actually did this when I was younger, we would jump off the roof and into the big snow bank. And, and that was a lot of fun. There's not enough snow yet to Yeah, and accidentally... it has to be fluffy snow. Oh, If it's yes. hard snow, no, it's just like hitting the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be fluffy and it's got to be a good like five feet, six feet in the air so that really, you're really just jumping like six feet or so. It's, so it's not... Not... <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound that bad. But anyways, hey, rational fears, <laughs> irrational fears. Not well, Anyway, we just wanted to, to share a, a yeah. little bit. That... Well, at least you learned a lesson. Out of that, what to be you? more cautious. Oh, I you should you... be cautious when you're working on a roof. Yeah, that that's is true. Just, that's just good sense. I I am careful now. I'm very careful, actually, how I set up the ladder uh, before I go up. I don't. See, lesson learned. I don't. I don't put the ladder on ice anymore. It could save your life. I don't put it on a slippery uh, uh, surface. Yeah. Um, I'm very careful. I even almost call out to you to come hold the ladder. I haven't gotten that far yet, but uh, you did though in the fall. 
you were like, can you come hold the ladder? You were already outside. <laughs> <laughs> come on. It's fair. I'm just saying you did. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Hey, let's, uh, that's a little bit about our life this week and, and really what's going on. And I don't know, maybe listeners out there, maybe you have a irrational fear. Like I always, I always, I always laugh like the the one where they have a, a, a picture and it's a, a shark and a person in a pool oh. and they're like this is like my irrational fear growing up as a kid like a shark would like attack them in a public in pool, swimming yeah. pool like <laughs> yeah like they don't exist in there but anyways anyways uh maybe there maybe you have some irrational fears out there maybe they're rational fears uh laughter that's always so good anyways a little bit about our life that's going on right now but all right let's let's get into things we want to talk about disengaged spouse and what are some signs and what are some things that we can do about this and that's really what that article was was really laying out because here's why this is important for us to talk about and recognize because when this happens the relationship becomes stuck and and it stops thriving and unfortunately like this is a big word here too like it starts dying right like like that those aren't good signs of a healthy relationship and but but that is what begins to happen as one of us becomes disengaged and maybe even both of us become disengaged yeah that is not a great place to be in our marriages well for one or both for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. to be disengaged and it's it's incredibly frustrating, right? For the spouse who wants to work on the relationship, they often feel like there's nothing that they can do. They're stuck, right? And and it's true that we can't make them do anything. We cannot make our spouse do anything. But we have to remember that that, that doesn't mean that we can't do something, right? Which mm. often we, we overlook that piece. Yeah, that's right. And going back to the example that I shared earlier about bumping into the person that was at the weekend getaway, like they they were very frustrated with their spouse, how they didn't want to engage and continue in those conversations. There was this there was this loss that they were explaining and, and it was really like it just really broke my heart as I entered into that conversation and yeah they're just it's difficult to unpack and so before we we talk about really what we can do about this what would be let's let's give some of those signs that the article was talking about what would be some signs of a disengaged spouse yeah the first one is they become withdrawn right they don't seem to want to work on the relationship even when you ask them to work on the relationship to to do something and engage right yeah article also listed about how they won't engage in difficult conversations to solve problems they seem disinterested in spending time with each other like with the other spouse they've have developed poor communication habits or really they just avoid communication completely right across the board Yeah, they could also be spending more time away from home or just closed off in another room. They're also unwilling to seek help or join you for couples counseling. And so those are a few of the signs that could be indicating that your spouse is disengaged. So we can see how how this behavior would be frustrating and is frustrating. It's it's hurtful and it's so confusing. This person that you love and that you've made a life with doesn't seem to care about the marriage at this point in time. And unfortunately, you've experienced this, right? You've been on the side of the disengaged spouse because I've been that disengaged spouse. Right. And 
there was that time in our marriage where you wanted to seek counseling and I was saying no and, and didn't want to engage in those moments. So like, how is that for you on, on that side of the equation, so to speak? Yeah, incredibly difficult, very lonely. It's a very lonely place to be. It's frustrating and hurtful because again, you want something better. You want what you had in your relationship, a happier life to enjoy one another again. And actually, I became disengaged as well because it was just too painful mm. to to keep trying, to keep asking. It was like, you know what, I'm just going to put up a wall because it hurts too much. So mm. I'm going to pull away and just protect myself. And I did that because I thought I had to wait on you, mm. right? Till you were ready to work on it with me. Mm. And so it felt like you were blocking those good things that I wanted. And thankfully, God showed me that I didn't have to wait for you. I, I couldn't make you get help or change you, but I could start working on me. Mm. And that for me was that breakthrough to become engaged again uh, in our relationship, but also just engaged as a person, mm. seeking personal health, seeking personal growth. And so that, for me, made such a huge difference. Mm. So let me ask you, why didn't mm. you want to seek counseling? Mm -hmm. The two words that come to mind in that question, or to be able to answer that question, would be fear and shame. Uh, in my life, fear that I was going to be made out to be this just horrible person, fear that I was going to be judged, fear that I had to finally admit my mistakes, face my mistakes. Those were some of the fear that was going on of why I didn't want to be there. Shame from my choices, uh, shame from then having to face those decisions and and. I've shared, like, I've really struggled with trying to dig through to the root of things in my life. And, and I just don't like to face those things. I, you know, that at the end of the day, I, I really didn't like to do that. There was just even, even shame of having to tell people that were seeing a counselor. So for me, there was just so much fear and so much shame wrapped up into all of these things. And, and so within that, again, I thought it was just easier to disengage. Yeah, I thought and was, I think that's a lot of people's experience. Hmm. Right, it is that fear and that shame uh, that keeps us stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also want to say this: like, I don't want to leave it there because I didn't actually find any of those things uh, when we finally went to counseling. I, in fact, what I found as we went to counseling and as we started to deal with these things, and as I started to deal with my own things in my own yeah. life, I actually I found freedom. And I found health and I found growth. I found a deeper connection with you. I, I found a deeper connection with God in, in my life. And so basically what I found by going to counseling was all the opposite things that <laughs> what I thought I was going to find yeah. or what I was thought I was going to experience. And it was very helpful helpful for us then to be able to engage together. And, and for us, you know, our counselor was our pastor at that time. He's now retired but it was amazing because I, I i never felt judged by him then on a sunday morning i never felt like the sermon was like directed at the things that we were talking about in our counseling now 
the sermon the the sermons were convicting and yeah, they which were, they should be right 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 but that's the thing right they should be and and they should be uh, challenging us and 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 encouraging us to live better to walk closer with God and all those things but I would never say in those times of counseling that that our pastor wrote a sermon specifically with what we were dealing with. So that was like some hidden message for it. Like I, I never experienced that. And, and I think that's a blessing. I think that we were blessed by that because we I did find all those other things and growth and health and, and connectedness with you connected with, with God. So those are some of the things that held me back, but here's what I did find when, when we finally did engage with that, and we mentioned, you know, earlier that we can't change anyone, but we we can do some things ourselves when our spouse is disengaged. And and so, what were some of those things that the article listed in that area? Like, like what can we do? Yeah, I, the first thing um, that the article suggested suggested oh, can't talk today <laughs> um, was to get clarity. Hmm. Right? We can ask our spouse how invested they are in the marriage. Mm. A question like that, it might seem terrifying to ask. And honestly, we might be afraid of the answer, but it also could be a wake-up call to them. And at the very least, it's going to give you an insight into where things currently are standing. Mm Right? It's, it's important when, when we have these kinds of conversations to go first, to share our hearts, mm. to let our, our disengaged spouse know how much we love them and value them and, and how much we want a, a thriving relationship with them. But this kind of conversation, it might get some of that dialogue going and it might bring issues out into the open that, so that you can actually deal with them instead of it being something that's just looming in in mm. each person's mind. Right. It can just bring that clarity. Yeah. Oh, and I really liked how the article was talking about like sharing your heart first and sharing like what you're trying to accomplish and where you're trying to go. And, and there may be even parts where you like admitting our own faults or our, our own things that we've brought into it. But to me, like when we when we enter a conversation like that, it really hopefully helps to maybe diffuse, diffuse is that the right word? Like, or lower the angst of that conversation <laughs> in our spouse or lower the attack and, and, and those things where it's just like, oh, wow, like, you know, hopefully that's what the point of starting it with the I statements and this is what I would really love to seek and, and here's what I would love to have our relationship look like. Hopefully that helps our our disengaged spouse to to engage in those types of conversations or at least not fear them uh, as much. Yeah. Well, and something to keep in mind is the disengaged spouse, they're hurting in their own way. They've mm. got a narrative going on in their own head, just yeah. like we have a narrative going on in our own head. Yep. By going first like that, it just helps share your heart and it might give a more accurate picture than the current narrative mm. that is playing yeah. in in each person's mind. Yeah. One of the lines that was used in, in the article that they talked about was really expressing to our spouse that we aren't willing to maintain the status quo. Like like we don't want to stay where we're at. We don't want to stay here. One of the, the, the phrase that they used was, what I need is for both of us to work toward a more fulfilling marriage. And I want you on this journey with me. So there's this, this invitation type language versus like, you're never engaged. 
I want this, but you don't like that's yeah. not as as engaging or as inviting as like this is I, I want to work towards a more fulfilling marriage with you and I want you on that journey with me and, mm-hmm. and would you join? And yeah, so, and we want to acknowledge that that can be really hard when you're sure. hurting, when you're frustrated, when you're lonely and aching for more, mm-hmm. it can be hard to take yeah. this kind of a cr- approach. And so it, it's going to take some pre-planning mm-hmm. for sure in mm-hmm. order to be prepared to to approach it this way. Yeah. And this was just one of the suggestions yeah. that they had was like to seek clar- clarifying questions and, and this will help just see where our spouse is at. I think another helpful clarifying question could be, help me understand why you don't want to go to counseling with me. I think any actually anytime... And you've used this in, in in talking with me, and I've used this in talking with you. Is like help me understand, and then whatever it is that we're trying to do, and and I have found that's been really helpful to be engaging in that because it, going back to the the question that I just posed there, right? Like help me understand why you don't want to go to counseling with me. Maybe our spouse has had a bad experience in the past that we just don't know about. Like maybe they just went to counseling as a young child, but they've never shared it. And, and it was just a really, really poor experience. And maybe it's like me, they have fear, their shame, there's this other narrative that's going on in their mind. Maybe we just don't know. And we need time to process like the like, why, or, or um, help me understand, maybe we've never really tried to dig through like why I don't want to go to counseling or, or those things. And so that that type of a question can begin to help us to process it through. And maybe we don't have an answer right away, but maybe we can ask ourselves, like, can you think about it and get back to me in a day or in two days? Like, and can we really loop back to this question? Because I think a question like this, it can be a great question to help seek clarity for both people. And I also think it's, it's, it's just a less for me, I find it to be a less threatening question than why won't you go to counseling with me or what's wrong with you or why, like I just find that help me understand is to me, it just seems like a healthier approach. And and for us, I think our conversations have gone way better when both of us seek clarity seek to understand versus the the why like just why this I don't know maybe it's just my own thing I just feel like I get my own guard up with the why won't you do that versus like well help me understand yeah it's a very different posture well it's a different posture one is attacking and one is is seeking some some understanding some clarity it's 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 not attacking (laughs) yeah 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 so okay now maybe we should talk about focusing on what we can do, hmm. right? The article, it also said that after having those honest and probably difficult conversations, even if our spouse still chooses to not engage, we can work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can go to counseling, even if they won't join us. We can take some steps forward towards health and healing to find joy and purpose and peace this is going to also bring more health to us individually, but it's also going to impact the marriage, even if the other person isn't working on it, isn't engaging. Yeah, which isn't ideal for sure, no. right? But but it will make a difference. And sometimes that difference in us, it can actually spark the difference in our spouse that we're wanting to see as well. Yeah, it's very true. And 
You know what? We also recommend praying, right? Mm. Praying in this process. Pray before approaching our spouse to have these conversations. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you the words and the clarity that are needed to convey what you're thinking and feeling. That the Holy Spirit would soften our spouse's heart and be starting to help them process what they're thinking and feeling and inviting God into this process and and then continuing to seek Him. Mm. And keep in mind that just because we are praying and inviting God into this, it doesn't mean that it's going to turn out the way that we hoped for, yeah. which is really hard. Mm-hmm. That That's a hard thing to to wrestle with, right? To want to accept even, right? I, yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. God is not a transactional God in the sense that, you know what, if we do this, he's therefore going to do that mm. kind of thing. That's that's not how God operates, mm. right? He's, he's given each person free will, and that includes our spouse. They get to choose what they're going to do, just like we get to choose what we're going to do. Now, God has promised that he will be with us the whole time, that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He will uphold us and comfort us, heal us, and so many other wonderful promises Mm -hmm. that he has made. But one of them is not that things are going to turn out the way we want them to. But he has also, he has this amazing way that he is able to still use it for good. Even though it might not be how we wanted it to be, he can still use it for good. If we entrust the situation to him, some way, somehow, he he does. Mm -hmm. If we think about the story of, of Joseph from the Bible, he endured like a horrible situation with his family. But he continued. He continued to trust God. Mm. And in the end, years later, God did use it for good. And so there is that hope that when we entrust, God will use it for good. It just might not be what we were hoping and actually praying for. Yeah. The the Bible passage that that comes to mind to me as as we're speaking and, and as we are talking about this subject here is is Jesus's words that we read in the book of Matthew. And Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Now, I have to be honest. Like, I don't always understand how this works. Like, like when I when I read those verses and I read those words and and I just I, I don't understand it in terms of like the mechanics of, of it all. But but I I do know this in my life. Like like and this is I hope where it makes sense here. I, I do know that when I am weary. I do know that when I feel burdened and when I when I come to Jesus and 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 I, and I begin to lay those things at his feet and I offload the weariness and, and the burden and 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 just really cry out to him I I do find rest. Now, I'm still faced with the situation that's making me weary. I'm still faced with the situations that's making me feel burdened. Like that my situation didn't change. Like I'm, I still have to deal with all these things that are going on in my life. But somehow in the midst of it all, 
I can find rest. And that's the part that I can't explain it. I just, I know that's how I've experienced it. And, and that's what I see over and over again in my life that I still got to face with the weariness. I, I still got to face those situations, but I have rest and I have peace and I, and, and I can, I can be gentle through all of it when I come and lay those and, and talk with Jesus. And, and it's not a one-time thing. <laughs> no, right? it, no, it is. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it is daily, hourly, <laughs> minute by minute. It's like going to the Lord because some situations are just hard. That's they right. are heart wrenching and horrible and very traumatic. Mm-hmm. And and we we understand that. Um, so we know it's not a one and done. It, it is a constantly going back to the Lord and um, giving him our burdens. But in that, though, we are finding rest. Even if it is minute by minute and, and going there, we are finding those things yeah. with that. So, so hey, those are a few thoughts regarding a disengaged spouse. Uh, we'll include a link to the blog that we've been referring to from Doctors Less and Leslie Parrott in our show write-up. And so if you want to know more or want to uh, read about their blog, feel free to uh, to head over there or click on the link uh, <laughs> and, and it'll be there. And as you heard, as we've been sharing here today, we have experienced the pain and we have walked through the difficulties of being disengaged, but we have also experienced the freedom and the growth in our marriage and in our own lives by becoming engaged in our relationship with those things. But how about you? Uh, How does all of this resonate with you out there as our listeners? And as always, we have some processing questions uh, for us all to really critically think through this topic, or at least to help us critically think through this this topic. Do you want to share our questions today? Sure. Uh, The first is to critically think through a time when you were disengaged, either from your spouse or maybe in another relationship. What was the cause of that? How did you solve it, or is it still unresolved? What's one thing that you can do today to be more engaged with your spouse? Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. Bye.